What's happening, man? <laughs> What's going on? Nothing, man. Hey, let let me ask you something, Will. Do, okay. okay. Do, do you ever hear of a hasa? Do you know a what a hasa is? A hasa? No, I've, n I've never heard of a hasa. A hasa is an accomplice that doesn't give a five-star review to take the money and fucking run. Okay? Oh, don't, you don't want to be a hasa. No. No. We take them out back like a fucking kakoroshis. Do you know yeah. what I mean, man? Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, uh, that's no good. You don't want to end up like that. You better give a five-star review. No, let me ask you something else, man. All right, what's up? You got this stuff, man? You got this stuff? Oh, yeah, you got the money? I mean, I don't... I, I, I have it, you know. I just don't have it here, you know. Uh, oh, well. Well, I guess I don't have the stuff here then. Oh, wow. Well. Maybe we, maybe, maybe we should just start this all over again, man. All right, yeah, let's... Uh... Let's just start the podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of Take the Money and Run. <laughs> what up? Nothing. Cool. My face started to hurt. From That'll it, happen. From holding it in uh, Tony Montana uh, fashion. Well, now, see, if you were doing a mountain of blow like Tony Montana, you wouldn't have even been able to feel your face, and it wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> Just uh, just reading up a little bit. I figure I'm kind of pressed for time, so I didn't get a chance to do a lot of research. But I thought okay. we should do a follow up with this uh, uh, Malaysian Airlines. Oh yeah, dude. Um, yeah, go ahead. Take it away. All right. So I guess what they think happened now. This is the official story, which I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't buy it for a second. Okay. But let me uh, give you the rundown of the official story. The, the captain of the Boeing 777. Um, His name was like something Ahmad Shah, right? Yeah, he was. Who the heck? All right, let's see who can Google yeah. it faster. Z oh, Zahari. Yeah, Zahari Ahmad Shah. Yeah, yeah. So he'd been flying this route for like 17 years. So he was a pretty, uh, pretty experienced Sky bus driver. Now, they say he took this, diverted the, to this path to take one look at his hometown. So he depressurized the cabin and turned off the transponder. So everyone would have been knocked out, including his co-pilot, which doesn't really add up. But I guess if he wasn't, didn't see it coming, maybe he was asleep or something. Then Whoa. he decides to go see his hometown, dips the wing to the left so he can see his hometown, and then flies out to sea and puts her in. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
That's that's incredible. Not in a good way. No, um, I don't. I don't know if I buy it though. I mean, based on based on like some of the some of the background to the theory that I laid out last week, it, I mean, it's definitely feasible. But like, I think there's just no like um, real. So this it was such a new mental plane, illness or anything. Such a new plane that if China was going to hack a plane and fly it in some bizarre remote thing and depressurize it and everything. Right. This would be the one that they could because they manufactured all the parts for it. In China or by Chinese companies? Both. Damn. So that's my theory. I still still think China did it. I'm still right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, that's crazy. Yeah, I think I read up a little bit about that because that story dropped like a day or so after our episode came out and uh yeah yeah i was pretty excited (laughs) sadly enough for a massive murder suicide yeah that's that's uh that's what they're calling it it's just a massive murder suicide nothing to see here a little too convenient for me just a robbery gone wrong yep um (laughs) oh man uh Speaking yeah. of, you want to talk about Seth Rich? You, you, yeah, what what about Seth Rich now? Oh, no, uh, just in general, just in case any of our accomplices haven't. So apparently this is turning into more of a conspiracy podcast than um, than a robbery podcast, but maybe we'll get back on track. In the... I think that was inevitable. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have see. some, I have some like, uh, yeah, a couple, a couple robberies that I have like written on post-it notes yeah, and shit. But ro- robberies are so cut and dry. There's no mystery there. A good conspiracy. That'll get you thinking. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like it just gives a lot of uh, open-ended sentences of thought. <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. And you and I are both proud owners of a tinfoil crown. All right. So. <laughs> Did you ever listen to Tinfoil Hat with um, Sam Tripoli? No, but I have listened to The Conspiracy Farm. Oh, okay. How's that? I actually saw that in my, like, recommended it's, stuff today. It's worth listening to. Um, I listen to it somewhat regularly. I hear a lot of interesting things, but a lot of what they get into is a little bit, well, far beyond what I'm willing to research or look into. I mean, you've only got so many, so many hours in a day to wonder what the fuck is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so many hours to like put it down on paper. I was just I didn't even know about all the different conspiracies behind um, flight MH three seventy until I was writing them down, and I was like, holy shit! And that's when I found out all the stuff about that pilot, and that's why why we went so long. But um, yeah. Uh, um, that was a weird one. Do you think yeah. another thing that I don't know if I believe this or anything, but he could have been MK Ultra. You're talking about Zahari Ahmad Shah? Yeah, you think yeah. Uh, like a Manchurian candidate or something? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I mean, I'm really earning my fucking tinfoil crown right now, but I, yeah, I believe in that stuff a lot, a lot more than like some sort of elaborate hacking plan. I know that sounds ridiculous. 
But, well, the um, thing is, the the hacking. I can understand the mechanisms with which that works. You know, right? That sounds feasible to me. Enough of it's been proven that there are backdoors built into not just software now, but hardware. That I think that it is one hundred percent possible, if not actually happened. The Manchurian well, it, candidate stuff. Yeah. I just don't know because humans are so unreliable. And so well, unpredictable, yeah. but maybe that's just as far as my limited understanding of them goes. That's, I mean, ew, man, again, I'm earning another point on my crown right now, but that's at, like a lot of times when, you know, some awful, um, you know, shooting happens or something like based on whether the person lives or dies, you know, that uh, did it you know, perpetrated the shooting or, yeah. you know, bus attack or whatever is how I like, you know, start my conspiracy web, basically. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's a pretty good metric. Cause if it is a conspiracy, they are 100% going to die. Even if they get taken alive and then Saran Saran goes and shoots them in the chest while they're in police custody. Right. Yes. Something's going to happen. Um, it, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bring up, like, specifics or anything, but, like, you know, there were definitely instances where, you know, um, as the news came in, you know, the the early reports and stuff, once you hear that the dude, uh, you know, is dead or in some way, I don't know. Yeah. It just, it just like, pops up, you know, I don't want to say a red flag, but it pops up, you know, some sort of something that, you know, sparks my interest. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're talking like the Las Vegas one, yeah, we know so little that who knows what actually happened, but oh, man. the only thing yeah. that is 100% is that they're not telling the truth, that no, either they don't know or it's a cover-up for who knows what reason, but the official story, I don't buy for one second. Yeah, I don't. I I feel like official stories for a lot of things, including you know MH370, are you know now there, there's all there. Uh, what am I trying to say? There's there's my story, your story, and then there's the truth. I think. And, yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's there's always some sort of bias, and I feel like for anything to get on television or you know mainstream radio or anything like that there's definitely a filter system that it has to go through well and i think a lot of times what what the official narrative is is not it's not based on the truth but it's how to explain the situation in such a way that is going to keep the masses the most docile exactly it's fucking um it's the story's, um, you know, experimental weather balloon that crashed in the desert. You know what I mean? Like, no, this is, this is, this is what happened. You know, we, of course, you know, it's this person, but you know, they, you know, radicalized at this time at this place or whatever, but really there's like some meeting with an FBI agent, you know, groomer at some point in their life. There's always some sort of like intelligence department, connection with these people in their lives somewhere not just that they were uh you know on a list for making uh, school shooting threats like 
you know, like the 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 Parkland kid that that shot the kids in the high school. He's oh, yeah. like like that. That to me is a horrible tragedy. There's there's nothing like I don't like as as much as you know some you know very right wing people would say like it's uh, you know uh, liberals are using it to like grab guns or whatever. It, it's really I they really think it was just a horrible thing that happened. But like the Pulse nightclub shooting that that was like a different feel to me. Just yeah, yeah how it went well, down. There there wasn't much other way, I guess, for that to really go down. But yeah, that really, one that one the, felt more cut and dry. Yeah. Than anything else. And I mean the Parkland one, that was a crazy kid that everyone knew was crazy. Yeah. Now, that's, yeah. I think the conspiracy surrounding that one is it is one of those, you know, the saying goes, never let a good tragedy go to waste. And they, it was used for a strong push for gun control, whether or not you believe with that, that was oh, yeah. anytime no, something definitely. like that happens, that's what they do. And in the fallout of that, it sounds like it started having the opposite effect um, because more laws aren't going to protect you when the current laws being enforced would have prevented it. Yeah. I guess is, is my, yeah, no, my that's, take away that, from that. And I that's think a very a reasonable people. statement. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of reasonable viewpoints, um, you know, at this point. And uh, yeah, I feel like the, the uh, very non-silent minority of, you know, the internet, I guess, or, or of like left or right pulls the pendulum so far to the, you know, to their side, oh, yeah, the ex- whenever they can, that it, when it goes back. Uh, in the middle. Oh, yeah. And, but like, so, so like you were just saying, you know, like the, um, you know, left wing using that, that massacre as like a, you know, as a political opportunity. Which, you know, makes, I mean, sense, honestly. But uh, you're saying that that's, like, kind of backfired at this point. So, like, the the pendulum is swinging far back the other way. Well, not just that it's backfiring, but, you know, they're so ham-handed about how they're using it to where anytime something like that happens, they say, "We we need to get less guns in the hands of people. Whereas in this situation it was, there were so many things that made that uh, a stupid thing to say. For example, the cops sitting outside the school and refusing to go in. Oh, yeah. Um, So it's like, you need to trust the state with your safety. Look at this situation. And people look at that situation and it's like, oh, the state is completely incompetent with our safety. And that's the reason this happened. How can we trust them with, with providing more safety? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's people who take a very superficial look at a thing. They're like, oh, a gun killed people. Let's take guns away from people. And mm-hmm. everyone else looks at it and they're like, wait a second, maybe maybe it's a little more nuanced than that. Yeah, I think uh, the word nuanced fits incredibly well for a lot of things that have to be talked about and reasonably debated. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure if we really got into it, there's plenty of things that you and I disagree on. But you oh, know, like, sure we were just put in a we for anybody that doesn't know will and i met on craigslist i rented a room in his apartment and uh 
we just got along. I don't know. We were just kind of in the situation. Oh, it's and, a much better story than that. Um, I put up an ad. I, I wish I could find it. I wish you could too, because that ad was fucking gold. And that's why I was like, this is the, this, I know this dude is going to be awesome. It basically said, uh, looking for someone who's not on heroin and won't steal my shit to come uh, live at my house and give me money for it or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was seriously like the most excellent breath of fresh air in Craigslist, like ads whatsoever. Oh, I like mean, the Bay Area? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, just in general, you know, all, all you see is like no overnight guests, no pets, no loud anything, um, no cooking, uh, you know, um, you, could, you only get to use half the room, you know, and it's 1300 bucks a month. And uh, yeah, so, uh, but I feel like one of the reasons why we started this podcast is because we just kind of like to talk and like to talk about stuff that's not always the easiest to talk about, you know, with not always the best or most popular uh, views, but like that, that's totally okay. Uh, you know, I don't know. Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's somebody that's all fucking sitting and pouting. There, if they're still listening second, to this there's shit. A, there's a C3 flying over my house right now because I live right outside of an air force base. Oh, okay. So all right, that I sounds that sounds like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought, but that's okay. Let's let's talk about some fucking. What do we got? A bunch, bunch of people getting shot, right? Yeah, so we got a bunch of people getting shot. Um, Woo! And then for for everyone who listens to the same podcast I listen to, I'm going to go ahead and pair some more stuff. Okay. Um, just the the. Uh, the drugs that a lot of those people are on, they go to a psychologist and they, they get put on drugs. Um, oh, oh, I see. I see. Yes. And a lot of these like antidepressants or antipsychotics that we don't really know what the effects are going to be. And in a lot of cases they have suicidal or homicidal ideations. Um, and I think, and also disassociative, uh, aspects to them as well so yeah those are two huge main points that you know i feel like obviously these people have been under you know and just speaking from uh my personal experience with um i guess shall we say mind-altering substances that's yeah that's a fair assessment and also seeing other people's reactions to them i think that uh the legal drugs the psychiatric drugs are potentially far more dangerous than many of the illegal drugs yeah for example i've seen more people lose their minds and not be able to come back from either uh antipsychotics or anti um antidepressants or you know anti-anxiety drugs mm-hmm. than from any psychedelics or you know amphetamines or anything well yeah like amphetamines heard, is a tricky yeah. one because a lot of those are illegally prescribed now too and a lot of them are prescribed in ways that i think are pretty irresponsible um i've got one story about uh this guy who i worked with who he was on 
an experimental, I think, amount of this really powerful and new um, antidepressant. And he he was having some um, some issues with it. Uh, so they told him, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and take you off of it. So they stopped him cold turkey. Oh, no. And yeah. reading, up, reading up on this particular one later, it was uh, Wellbutrin or Bupropion, I think is the um, scientific name of it. Mm-hmm. He was on like 400 milligrams and they were supposed to, the maximum that you're supposed to be on, I think was like 75. Oh, Jesus. And they stopped him cold turkey. So he completely loses his mind, can't function. Um, calls his wife, tells her he's going to kill himself and runs out into the desert and we have to go chase after him and tackle him because he's holding a knife to his wrist. And oh. yeah, it was, oh. it was a whole big thing. So just the, the amount of um, irresponsibility that goes into prescribing a lot of these things. I yeah, think. there was, a, there was a, a doctor in my hometown that like everybody knew you could not not that like he was actually a drug dealer but like it was kind of like a joke like you could go and i mean i went in for like you know a, a, um, an ear infection and he and I, I mentioned one of my teeth hurt or something and he like gave me uh, i forget you know uh vicodin or something like you know and i was like whoa <laughs> yeah that's that's not okay you know i didn't need that you know I, if anything i'm really you know i would love to go to a doctor and for them to be like well have you tried like you know altering this in your life you know instead of just yeah, okay well that sounds like this so i'm gonna write your prescriptions for example that's one thing i've done um i'm just getting back on it now is the ketogenic diet okay right and... right right huge difference in just amount of energy you have like um that it's the difference between is it easy to wake up early or not is it uh do i need a nap in the middle of the day do my joints hurt after a hard day's work um and also just like 20 pound difference in like a matter of two or three months oh wow dude yeah it's it's ridiculous so it's i i think that there's a lot of things going on with the medical field and the official story as far as, you know, health and nutrition and medicine yep. mm-hmm. that's categorically untrue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's really well put. Um, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I thought we were going to be lighthearted this episode. After Fuck all the... no, man. We go, we go wherever the momentum takes us. <laughs> and apparently, I am in a ranting mood this evening. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, for anybody listening that doesn't know what ketogenics is, it's like you're uh, replacing your body's fuel source with fats instead of carbohydrates. And... Yeah, so you you eat very you don't eat no carbohydrates because you need some to live. Okay. But you eat like 20 to 40 grams of carbohydrates a day, as opposed to most people will eat, you know, several hundred grams a day because it's their main fuel source. Now, when you do that, your body produces something called ketones, which allows you to um, burn your fat reserves for fuel before burning just available sugars. I mean, you still need some sugars, and it's good to get a carbohydrate boost before doing like serious um, exercise Mm -hmm. and it varies from person to person, how many carbs you need. 
definitely play along with it. But one, one thing that was interesting, so I went to a doctor, this was a BA doctor, um, and I told her, you know, this is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, that's, that's dumb. And I'm like, what? Like, it, I, I was just asking her, you know, is it, is it, I heard it on this podcast, you know, or on Joe Rogan's podcast. Right, um, yeah. And uh, wanted to know if it was safe. Like, is this going to kill me? Like, I, I want to talk to a doctor about it. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's safe for the short term. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, what about the long term? And she's like, oh, well, that doesn't matter because you're not going to stay on it. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, nobody ever has the willpower to stay on it. So I wouldn't even you know think about that but i don't know do what you want what yeah i was like you are the worst doctor ever Fuck oh you. my god what if they she, said something to you like a, uh, uh, you know in that way about like i don't know if you were really fat and you yeah to lose like, weight, and you were like hey look i found this new exercise i'm wondering and they're like well yeah p90x like you know works but Nobody really sticks with that shit past day four anyway. Yeah, so here's some fucking amphetamines. <laughs> so or how, how about like, hey, uh, my back hurts, so I'm going to try heroin. What do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, in the long term, it'll kill you, but, you know, whatever. I mean, have you or, heard of, have you heard of better, fentanyl? Like, no, a, a better example would have been I'm thinking of getting off heroin. Should I have been on heroin at the time, which I wasn't. Uh-huh. Um, but... And they're like, uh, I mean, go ahead and try. I guess it'll be good for you, but you're not going to stay off it. You're going to get back on heroin. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was it was that kind of thing. And because sugar is kind of an addiction, mm-hmm. like like drugs. So That's yeah, great. I guess the moral of that story is um, socialized medicine may be a bad idea because if you take a look at how the VA is run. Um, <laughs> When I feel sick or have something wrong, I just performed surgery on myself because I had a pretty bad infection. <laughs> oh, God. On, oh, fuck. On one of my fingers from this cut that I got while I was working and it got infected. So I basically just cut off a chunk of skin and rubbed some um, some rubbing alcohol and uh, hydrogen peroxide in there and uh, threw some, some uh, neosporin on it. And I've got a pretty gnarly scar now, but I got better. So basically, when it comes to, uh, you know, using things like the VA, um, my my main strategy is I can either try and cure it myself or I can hope I don't die. (laughs) I think you should finish that statement with like a big cheesy thumbs up, but you have like the cartoony like wrap bandage around your thumb, you know, (laughs) because you cut some of it off to like... You had to, like, chop off your gangrenous limb. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you've got ghosts in your blood. There was a there was a butcher that my brother and I used to work with. And after I left, my brother was there one day. And the guy, he was always drunk and, like, smoked weed out in his car. And one day he came back and he fucking sliced, like, a good, you know, half of his thumb off. And, um was just like, ah, oh, fuck, oh, what the fuck am I going to fucking do? And he fucking went over to the, um, we had like a gas range over in the, in the corner and he put a frying pan on high and just let it fucking get screaming hot and then just cauterized it. Oh yeah. That's, that's what I do. If I got, if I got a wound, that won't stop leaking. <laughs> I don't know if that's what got my brother into being a firefighter, is the smell of burned human flesh. Delicious. Long oh, pork. fuck. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
Steve the Butcher. Anyway, okay. Let's take some money and run, or whatever we're going to do. Yeah, well, my phone's about to die, so I think we could call that a podcast. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah, fuck it. That was a good little midweek. Whatever, yeah. you don't have a fucking phone charger? No, I, I do, but um, I think that's that's uh, nature's way. Also, I don't really have anything else to talk about. So. Oh, okay. But, I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything else to talk about? Um... I mean, how much battery do you have? <laughs> well, I could, I could, I could plug it in. Well, okay, so um, I'm gonna totally uh, rip this off of a podcast that I listened to today that I wrote down the story because I just thought it was funny. And um, so, uh, Laporte, Indiana, um, a 39-year-old man named Christopher Block, uh, he has been charged. Um, with level six felony official misconduct and class a misdemeanor theft um do you want to know what he stole i'm good wait let me guess let me guess okay a llama pretty close pretty fucking close um so here i'll let you know right now um according to court documents um (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna bleep this out for first comedic value um the investigation began when uh when a deputy with the barion county sheriff's office which is in michigan um discovered more than uh eleven thousand pieces of undelivered mail in bundles um like thrown down a ravine and it was like in the winter i guess when this had happened or they had been there for a while oh i heard about this oh it was february okay it was february of last year and uh yeah they were like frozen <laughs> but um so the uh, like a sheriff's deputy went and found this and um you know they traced it back to laporte indiana and they figured out that um this guy chris block was you know the mail carrier on duty for whoever was supposed to deliver that shit. Um, So I'm going to stop reading the article because it goes out of order. But so what this fucking guy did was he like felt like there wasn't enough time in his route every day to like make all the, you know, mail deliveries. So whatever he just wouldn't, I'm sorry, whatever, like, you know, he had at the end of the day, he would just like throw away or keep. And he was paying one of his friends $50 per bundle of mail to take it and burn it in Michigan. But the dude was just taking taking them and throwing them down this fucking ravine. So it sounds like nobody involved in the story is doing their job, right? No, 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 no. The, the, the podcast I found this, or I listened to this on, is called Dumb People Town. And they, like, each week they cover a couple stories and just like riff uh comedically on like the stupidest it's not always criminals but it's usually criminals and the police forces are usually half the funny part (laughs) nice um so uh well that's that's technically kind of a heist yeah um he's so after after they figured out that it was him um they like went went to his house and said like, Hey, uh, you know, we have, we have 11,000 pieces of, you know, undelivered mail that you were supposed to deliver. 
and they're in fucking Michigan thrown down a ravine like what's going on he's like i don't really know what what you're talking about and they pull out like 150 pieces of mail that he was supposed to deliver and they were like this is literally the mail you were supposed to deliver and he was like uh where is it quotes looks like i'm going to jail <laughs> <laughs> looks that way so that was you know he flipped pretty quick um but uh yeah they they haven't they haven't really contacted that other guy in Michigan or, you know, know who it is, but, um, he, he turned in, um, 6,000 more pieces of undelivered mail. (laughs) Um, apparently he would like go through the mail and like pick out what's important and what's not important and like sort through it almost. (laughs) So, that might have actually been doing a service, like, you know, all that junk mail and shit that you get delivered. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't need half the shit that I get. I don't I know. Maybe, I know. Maybe this I guy know. deserves a medal or something. I know I'm not really approved for that auto financing. It's poor shit. <laughs> not with that attitude. But, uh, but yeah, so I guess that's um, it's our little mini heist midweek drop. Um. I'm going to figure out uh, some sort of robbery heist for next week or whenever you want to podcast again, man. But um, All right, sounds good. This or, is pretty cool. Or we can, hopefully another, uh, another conspiracy breaks. Yeah, that's always great. Um, anybody, if there's any conspiracies that you fucking are super into um, or you want us to, you know, look into a little bit, reach out. Take the money pod on Instagram. I would love yeah, to hear from you. Touch me. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks, accomplices. Um, nobody got caught uh, with any fucking stolen mail this week, so y'all straight. Um, anything? Anything else? Anything else? Well, we probably would have heard about it since I think the all the accomplices are like your mom and one of my buddies. Oh well, that's basically one more listener than I thought we had. So we're off to a fucking. <laughs> flame and start right now Shout actually gorky if you're still listening what who is it gorky one of gorky. my army buddies what up dude yeah. or ma'am i'm not sure yeah i'm not, assu- no. I'm not assuming anything no he's he's a dude i think he's <laughs> gender um uh uh shout out to um kyle lonergan in colorado and i believe it's called the snarf burger uh kitchen staff um apparently he forces them to listen to us so keep uh keep cooking the good fight guys get and, some uh, keep your fucking knives sharp uh what what the fuck else don't burn yourselves i don't know i got fucking out of that business but, yeah um, <laughs> do, do you ever miss it i kind of miss it sometimes yeah no i totally do it's just it's yeah it's just super stressful and uh my own mental health is not stable enough for me to like deal with the instability of a kitchen environment at the moment so but the pros are they encourage you to do cocaine at work yeah i've never done it so oh well maybe that's why it didn't last as a good <laughs> probably maybe you're right i don't know uh, no that's, that's probably for the best i don't think anyone needs to be doing a... well because the thing is you can't afford cocaine on a cook's salary no so then you end up selling cocaine but you're selling it at a low level so you're gonna get busted 
Well, that's who that's that's apparently allegedly who you got to go ask is the cooks. For some, oh, 110 percent cooks and strip club bouncers for some fucking yayo, puppy. Yep. Well, okay, man. All right. Well, on, <laughs> on on that note. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Uh.